Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All good things must come to an end. <laughs> Mercifully, we are here Post-game show, welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. Be sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcasts. Johnny Venerable, Bo Brock, who Bo Brock tonight, folks, if you missed the episode, had more screen time in the finale of Hard Knocks than (laughs) one Kyler Murray, congratulations, Bo. Oh, thank you. Yo's got the royalty check in the mail. There it is. There it is. Look at that guy. Look at that profile. Here, let me let me do let me once we take that down. Oh yeah, can we recreate it? Yeah, there it is. Look at that. There we go. Oh man, this is special. You don't don't get plus podcasting. (laughs) There we go. If you're if you're listening to the podcast, I just showed my profile as I did. On the season finale of Hard Knocks, Card Knocks, it's PHNX Cardinals After Dark, a.k.a., a.k.a., a.k.a. Pour one out for Cliff Kingsbury, a.k.a. Pour one out for J.J. Watts, uh, Hall of Fame career. Yeah. And pour one out for the Cardinals on Hard Knocks. That's HBO, it. HBO, uh, I got a, a memo right before we went live, has a restraining order now against the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> they have deemed it illegal for them ever to appear on their program again unless they're getting their ass kicked by another team that's on hard right. knock they said cardinals never again appear on this show you have a you have a lifetime contract to never appear with hbo ever again on hbo max so mike evans in the chat glad it's over vanilla tonight was the icing on an otherwise meh cake at least for me Bo might have a difference of opinion we haven't talked about the episode yet but man oh man J.J. Watt, just a huge fucking parachute to this franchise to be able to put this thing down slowly without having to get (laughs) their hands dirty with anything else because it literally, from the time he announced his retirement, turned into the J.J. Watt docuseries on HBO. Like, the team was secondary, and I think by design, because there was so much other shit, and I could watch this episode, Bo, with uh, a little bit more relaxed sense because I know change happened three, four days ago. But man, those those last couple episodes coming into this week, it's just like fucking show everything. Who's getting yeah. fired? What's going on? And then thankfully today it was just like, yeah, we know what's going on. There it is. There's it's not the Sopranos. Spoiler alert. It doesn't yeah. fade the black. We get to see what happens with Cliff Kingsbury. Mm-hmm. We actually get to see a moment that I didn't expect to see. Maybe get into it a little bit later, but you yeah. know, it, the the episode kind of starts out, you know, I'm not a film major, but there's foreshadowing as far as just kind of showing 
good old Cliff Kingsbury on the sidelines during that 49ers season finale loss where they go down 38 to 18 and Cliff mm-hmm. kind of going through it, right? Uh, you got some insight as far as the flea flicker on the opening series where uh, David Blau, David Blaine Blau, goes on the gadget play flea flicker, throws it 77 yards to A.J. Green for the touchdown. It's called the, called the Joe Montana. How hilarious was it that Cliff Kingsbury had to explain to his Gen Z players who Joe Montana was uh, with the, the name of the play? Uh, but I thought it was interesting to kind of see that. And then, obviously, the insight. Uh, we get the comments from DeAndre Hopkins who, with the report coming out from Jordan Schultz the other day that, you know, the Arizona Cardinals plan to try and trade DeAndre Hopkins to hear him comment on the season. Uh, it, it was really interesting. So it was, uh, I thought it was a good season finale. I knew it was coming with the J.J. Watt stuff. You still felt like, hey, it's a bit dusty in this living room here. Uh, I thought, you know, you talk about parachute, you can joke about it. I've joked about it. I We, we knew that it was going to be a big part of this, and he's been such a gigantic part of this loser of a season. Uh, but it was, I loved it. I thought it was, it was great to see. And I, I, I'll take that uh, even though I knew it was coming. I liked Michael Bidwell's passive aggressive speech in the locker room. Like he was yeah. angry, but he also had to keep it together. Like, thank you, JJ. Looked directly at <laughs> JJ Watt and said, thank you for saving us from this embarrassment. We appreciate all that you've done for the rest of you. Sorry, ass players. Right. You're going to get your ass cut this off season. No, but in all seriousness, I mean, it was, it was fine. I, the Hopkins stuff was good. I like the quote that you sent me that he said, just basically talking about how the season's been fucked up. It's been a yeah. fucked up season, right? And he <laughs> said, I, you know, he took responsibility. He said, I, I made mistakes, of course. I let my team down. He's talked about that at nauseum. Um, but man, like you go through this finale, and I think we have a graphic here of what HBO promoted the show as to what actually took place. So Fast forward. Who's the guy H- in the middle? I don't remember. I, I, I don't guy. know who that is. I, he, <laughs> he was featured in, I think he's an undrafted free agent of some kind. Um, Cliff Kingsbury fired. J.J. Watt retired. DeAndre Hopkins about to be traded. Buda Baker injured, but will be back. And James Conner could conceivably be moved or released this offseason, depending on a new staff. And then, of course, Kyler Murray. We won't see Kyler till October at the earliest in terms of playing. And then Bo, in quotations, pointed this out in the text message. Get the job done. (laughs) To, I don't know, embarrass the franchise, embarrass the NFL and hard knock. So get this framed if you can. Get Go to Kinko's, go to FedEx, go to your framing service. Get this put on your wall and just say, that was the most irrelevant season of hard knock. (laughs) Four and 13. Look at that. We're going to showcase our culture. And none of those people are on the show or yeah. they're going to be gone from the franchise. Mission accomplished. Job <laughs> it, done. Right. <laughs> yep, you did it. No, Marco Salas, this episode low-key made you sad. No, I, I completely agree with you. The music choices on this, you know, when they're going through it in the middle of the episode, kind of foreshadowing on Cliff, he's sitting there in, in his mansion in Paradise Valley and he's got the fire going when it's probably 70 degrees outside and he's yeah. kind of going through it. Um, you know, it did like it, it you're, you just kind of look, Michael Bidwell even said, even during his press conference that it wasn't for lack of effort as far as putting in the hard work. Cliff Kingsbury yeah, was tried. one of the hardest working coaches he, you, you, he's ever seen throughout his entire life. And he's been around the football organization his entire life. So that is a testament. But at the same time, you see 
that uh, it, it just, there's more to it. There's, there's way more to it than just putting in the work. That's why it's the job is one of 32 and yeah. that it's just not for everybody. And it's just, as far as the NFL head coach, it's not for Cliff Kingsbury at 43 years old. You know, it'd, it'd be, I'd be hard pressed this. Like we haven't, I haven't asked this to you since he's been fired. Do you think he ever gets another chance at it again? I think he, if he goes and has success somewhere as an OC or, or a quarterback's coach, I think he'll get interviews. Sure. I mean, I, I think there's a far greater chance that Cliff Kingsbury, three to five years from now, is an NFL head coach again. And but Steve Kime will never be a GM again. Oh I mean, yeah, I think no that, doubt about it. That is that is buried. Um, and that's usually how the the league works, right? It's hard to get a GM job. I think Cliff. Cliff. I mean, listen, if if things turn out that the franchise is toxic beyond his tenure with Steve Kime, he can mm-hmm. point and say, "Look what I had to deal with. I made the playoffs." You know, so I. Cliff, you saw it in that interview. Like he, he'd come to grips with his reality. He, all of his shit, he didn't need packed up anyway because he didn't have any mm-hmm. furniture in his house. Right, he's just outside, yeah, just, hanging out by his lion paintings. Right, <laughs> by his bonfire. Uh, he'll enjoy New England. A little bit different climate out there with old Bill Belichick <laughs> coordinating uh, Mac Jones. But got some zingers in the chat here. Uh, this Edwin saying, "I'll get a three by five index card to put the poster on." <laughs> Love that. Uh, and then I think Two Slim Shady puts it well here. This is a reality a lot of people face. Like, I didn't even want to watch the series. The season was depressing enough. I don't need reminders. And, like, I'm with you. Like, the, the and, and Bo and I are probably at this from different angles. Like, I, I had trouble watching the show because of how angry I was with how the season went. And it's just like, I it's it's like humanizing players, and we should. But at the same time, like, you know, I want to win games. I want this franchise to win. And it's like... It's what is that with Stockholm syndrome where you bond with your captors, yeah. right? What did, what did Billy Bean have to do with the A's and he had to disconnect himself. So it made players easier to cut. Like, and I, we're not in charge of the team, mm-hmm. but we're sitting here and I'm watching guys just screw around. And I'm like, yeah, you're funny on hard knocks, but you're terrible on the field. Like X player, you get blown up. You're, you can't pass protect. We're shit. You're awful at tackling. You can't cover anybody. Like mm-hmm. you, you gotta be able to disconnect yourself. And normally I can, when I watch other teams, but when it's your team, it's, it's harder, at least for me. Yeah, I, I get it. And I look, I'm, I'm somebody that's been, I, I've always enjoyed hard knocks. So, and, and I've always been pounding the table. I thought, I, I didn't think it would be this epic of a collapse in the fact, you know, like if, you know, I was pounding yeah. the table for it the previous season, obviously that would have worked out and that would have been fascinating to see, you know, yeah. how things kind of fell apart at the end. But now that we, what we know as far as how things operate, probably wouldn't have gotten that great of insight. It would have been mm-hmm. kind of packaged the exact same way. I mean, up until this episode, if you were to follow along this season, but you didn't follow the team closely, like I'll, I'll equate it to like I watched the Wrexham show about Ryan Reynolds and, and the guy from Always Sunny. They bought uh, a soccer team in, mm-hmm. in Wales. I didn't have any clue how that team did. So it was fun for me to watch. And I, I've kind of went by what they told me they did. Yeah. You would have never, if that was the experience for somebody else, they wouldn't have known that this team struggled as bad as it, as it did and had as much dysfunctional issues off the field. You just wouldn't have known that from watching that. So I think that it kind of failed in a sense in telling that story. And that's unfortunate to know going forward because I enjoyed kind of being brainwashed into thinking that's how hard knock works. But yeah. Now I see how they make the sausage. That's right. And we'd be remiss if we didn't talk. We used to have guests on the show when we started, and then we didn't have guests <laughs> so long anymore. John Paul Edward D- uh, Dios, uh, great comment here. I skipped it after the Eno non drama. I think that's when a lot yeah. of people were like, 
hey, I what I I signed up thinking this was one thing and was told this was going to be one thing, mm-hmm. and then I didn't get any of that, and then it made it all the worse that like we had a coaching firing, we had a GM health leave, health leave that that happened in or after the fact, and it was like none of that was featured either. So I I, I agree with with the comment from from Too Slim uh, Shady earlier. It's like. Uh, this team is was difficult to watch on Sundays, and then like watching them struggle during the game, especially when you love Watt and you love Buda Baker. It's like I don't want to see these guys go through this again. I watched it on Sunday, you know. Mm-hmm. The, what I had hoped for that we didn't get at all was a look inside Kyler Murray's life, Kyler Murray's yeah. personal life. Go to his house, talk to him, talk about how the gamer, you know, uh, study clause affected him and how he was going to prove people. We didn't get any of that. And right. maybe that was by design after his injury, or maybe he just mandated that I'm off limits. You can't come to my house. And I have no insight on this, but it's so bizarre. Even with his injury, after the fact, like I thought they were going to give us a little insight, like some players are doing it remote and Kyler Murray's mm-hmm. injured. So I thought we were going to talk to Kyler Murray remote. Nope. Didn't even didn't even see him. You saw a little bit of his locker at the end of the season when they were clearing everything out. But man, that that screams like Kyler, for whatever reason, probably just said, don't feature me very much. I don't want to I don't want to do this. Um, And he is I think it overstates can't be overstated. Like He's a very private guy. And mm-hmm. I think this emphasized that because there are private people on the team. I would say DeAndre Hopkins, probably quiet, private guy. But we got to meet with his mom. We got to go to his house, we went out to eat a couple times. Kyler, we got nothing outside of those couple episodes at the facility. Nothing. It was just like NFL films mic'd him up for a couple days. That was it. Yeah. yeah and that's what, you know, I thought we were going to get from a hard knock season with this team was yeah. some insight into uh, go kind of across the velvet rope and see things that this this fan base has wanted to see to maybe invalidate what the national perspective is. Right. And we didn't get that at all. If anything, uh, it emphasized some things that people view as flaws. Uh, and, you know, Kyler told us during a press conference that there was plans, but it was shortly after that, he did suffer the season ending injury. He suffered, in, you know, the injuries before that. And then he suffered the injury after that, that ended his season. So um, there was plans in the works, but they, they kept on getting squashed. And, um, you know, from, from the, Eno thing, I mean, that's something I think we can kind of speak on more transparently um, as far as we had a director on this show that said outright, you know, they were going to show that, that there was, that there was things that they were shocked Shocking. by, that they were shocked by, no doubt about it, that surrounded that situation that didn't make it to air. And, you know, I think that the director at that time probably was talking about a hard knocks that he knew and it changed by the way that you know, from the team that they were covering and in the circumstances and the things that they were covering that were almost maybe unprecedented as far as hard knocks goes, which has been around what 20 seasons. Yeah. I mean, to get, I'll share this to give you a little inside baseball. Like we had him on, we posted the clip, we got mm-hmm. asked to take it down mm-hmm. and then we rebranded it, reposted it, got asked to take it down again. And they told us they owe this one. We're we're still waiting for that. Maybe it was Bo's appearance tonight. That was their that was their caption <laughs> of what they owed us. Um, but some good comments here, Ron, in the chat. I wish I could get my fourteen dollars back. Uh, you know, yeah. you could call HBO Max report credit card fraud. Uh, let's. Uh, Kyler needs. Uh, let's see here. I heard a lot that Cliff was more of a friend instead of a head coach. 
This team needs a disciplined head coach, not a player's best friend. Again, you know, Bo used the example. I thought that just rings home. If you if if you watch this with your significant other, your spouse, your girlfriend, whomever, and they watch Cliff Kingsbury, and, and what did your wife say about Cliff? I mean, she, I watched this last episode too. I mean, she likes him. She she feels yeah. bad for him. She feels yeah. like you know he's getting the getting the raw deal. Like every time they showed him, she turned she turned to me and kind of made frowning face and puppy dog eyes. Like I, poor Cliff. And I'm like me knowing more context and more of the situation. I'm like, look, he's gonna be fine. His his buddy Peter Schrager went to bat for him this week on mm-hmm. on Good Morning Football and said. He's going to be fine. He's going to make a lot of money. He got a guaranteed extension that pays him through 2026. Uh, he won't get the option year in 2027, but he's going to get a boatload of cash, and then he's going to get to decide you know, what he wants to do. And I saw a comment, I think it was uh, Mikey, saying you know, he'll go to college. He doesn't want to go to college. I think that's the no. last thing he wants to do. I think he's gotten a taste of a pro coaching beyond being Bill Belichick's uh, like intern like he once was when he first started. And he wants to stay at this level, and he'll probably get a chance to stay at this level. Yeah, you know, I watch it with my wife off and on all throughout the season, and he just comes across as a genuinely nice person. And if you've had an opportunity to meet Cliff and interact with him, he's easy to root for. Um, that doesn't mean he's a great football coach. And I, I will go to bat time and time again for saying that when a lot of people hid from the spotlight, from the the news that was coming out with this franchise, most of it negative. He was up there taking arrows for this franchise. Sure, he's the head coach. That's what he gets paid for. But what other head coaches are being asked for? Domestic violence charges against the running back coach, groping in Mexico City from your O-line coach, your GM leaves, or, you know, speeding from Hollywood Brown. He gets arrested, right? Hopkins PEDs, Kyler homework clause. I mean, Cliff had press conferences and had to answer all of those questions. So mm-hmm. um, I I would hope Michael Bidwell was respectful, and it sounds like he was. Jackson F., I'll pose this to you, Bo. Uh, do you think D-Hop is more likely gone after this episode? We saw that embrace between Watt and Hopkins mm-hmm. at the end. What yeah. were your thoughts on that, and is this for D-Hop? Yeah, so there was a couple of things that, that DeAndre Hopkins had said there that they said he wasn't going to play due to his aching knee, which is – not great as far as his trade value going forward. That's a surgically repaired knee that he had at the end of last year. Um, but, you know, were they just saving him to not play in some meaningless games down the stretch? Uh, that, you know, we, we can try to only just uh, speculate on that. But, you know, from what we hear from him about just his comments on the season saying it was, it was basically, I try to keep my head down, do my job, but this season was fucked up. Those, that's a quote from DeAndre Hopkins. I try yeah. to keep my head down. I try to be a good soldier. I try to just do my work and and kind of drown out the noise. Pretty much, he couldn't even do it. This team, it was, it was he didn't it didn't give him that ability to do so. It, things were just coming from everywhere, um, and you know it, it seems like if he's a guy that obviously he should pride himself on being a consummate professional, and he is, but and expect the same from his teammates and his coaches and in the front office members and probably isn't seeing that he probably wants to maybe go play elsewhere in his final, you know, seasons where he's, he can play at a high level. The fact HBO didn't show cliff getting let go really pisses me off. According to Chris, uh, laugh out loud. I won't trust this show. Like I once did uh, that. I think that would have probably been a first in terms of mm-hmm. a head coach being let go on the show. Um, but I, I do agree, Chris. They lost credibility. There were a lot of omissions throughout the season because everything that this team did that was notable 
during the season, especially during hard knocks, came off the field. Uh, the the on-the-field stuff outside of K-1's ACL tear was basically obsolete. Uh, mm-hmm. This team, again, like Bo said, I mean, you you would never know how bad this team performed. You wouldn't even know the final score of the, the Niner game against yeah. the Cardinals. They didn't even show touchdowns <laughs> for San Francisco. It was like Watts mic'd up, and then he told his wife they got their ass kicked in the in, right. the, in the tunnel at the end. So well, you got George fu- Kittle kind of doing a blow by blow, like he's like, "Hey, I'm catching fades and stuff. Why don't we get there? You in an offense? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, Final we did thoughts? see. Go ahead. We did see the Cl- Cliff address his coaching staff afterwards. We didn't. Mm. We didn't get to see him uh, step into to Michael Bidwell's office. Why? Because he's fucking fired. Uh, he gets out there, he talks to his guys, and he says, hey, you guys have heard by now, they made a choice, and then thanks, everybody. Uh, just like he kind of just thanked the team at the end of the season. And, so and like, here's very, a question. Very similar you, messaging that we've seen all season long. Are those coaches still employed by the Cardinals? Are they going in? Are, are, are those coaches, is Cliff Kingsbury fired, but Vance Joseph and all well, the coaches and Bill Davis, that are was those told- guys still employed? That was a report that was told to, uh, and I think it was Josina Anderson who had it, that coaches were told that some of them will have an opportunity to stay. But, you know, it, it's ultimately going to come down to who the next head coach is. Chop him wood. <laughs> wonder what you were that was, doing. That was terrible for the audio only. <laughs> I promise I'll never do that again. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, there's a new Benjamin Albright report that we're going to dabble mm-hmm. on a tweet. But first, Bo, we got a banger of an event. Ooh, a little tease. Banger of event this coming Friday at Dobson Ranch, Bo. We'll be there. Families dressed yeah. in, dressed to, to, to impress maybe? No, probably just with jeans on. But we're excited yeah. nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. What is that? <laughs> mm. Is that four peaks? Four peaks. Am I going to do the JJ Watt? Four peaks. Delicious. Like, that must be a new release. By four peaks. I don't <laughs> yeah. know what that is. It's it's water. I'm sorry. I didn't have a four peaks beer by, but uh, I had one during a couple during the f- the finale. And yeah, it's it's you know four peaks. It's it's tough to beat. Obviously, State 48 best brewery, and mm-hmm. you got your old school location, Eight Street in Tempe. But you're going to want to join Four Peaks as they're handing out beer. Uh, beer specials and, and beer uh, just samples over at the PHNX Tea Party. That's going on a couple days from now. It's Friday, Friday the 13th. Don't be spooked off by it. It's PHNX Tea Party. We're going to go out there, hit some bombs in the bays there. We're going to have sun, tons of contests going on, uh, closest to the pen, long drive. We've got contests, prizes, merch from some of our vendors out there, and food and that delicious drink, that uh, Nectar of the Gods. Four Peaks, 36 bucks per person, $120 per foursome. You can save some money if you're a diehard. If you have kids 10 and under, you can they can come and play for free. Plus, you got that free youth clinic. Sign up in the description here in the show notes. Get your spot today for just a couple of days from now. The PHNX Tea Party presented by our friends at Four Peaks. Can't be Four Peaks, Arizona's number one brewery. Excellent. Four I'm peaks, sure there, there's, you know, we're partners with Four Peaks, but yeah, I, I think they're going to look to lock up Bo for, with that same lifetime contract <laughs> HBO has against the Arizona Cardinals. I'll be out of Four Peaks as will Bo. If somebody wants to watch my kids for me, so my wife and I can have a good time. That'd be great. Put maybe put my daughter on a leash. Um, <laughs> so producer Leah says she's going to do it, which is fantastic. Nice. Watch my kids. She's she's their favorite. They've missed. They've asked about Miss Leah. They want to do chalk with Miss Leah. I don't think we're going to. 
do chalk at four peaks with on Dobson Ranch. But um, all right. So moving on to, I think, more uh, interesting news, Bill Brock. So Twitter streets are hopping with uh, Sean Payton, as we talked about earlier on the 4 p.m. show. The Arizona Cardinals have been given permission to talk to Sean Payton. And supposedly Nick Underhill on Twitter, I want to add this as well. I guess all five teams that have openings have reached out to Sean Payton. And Mm. Sean and his reps have only given approval to three of them thus far. That doesn't mean it's not going to happen. But the Colts and the Panthers, they haven't synced up yet with old Sean, Mm. which means mm, so sad, too bad. Uh, Houston Texans, (laughs) Arizona Cardinals, Denver Broncos. So, Bo, you threw out a tasty nugget earlier today about Nick Underhill and what he believed the Arizona Cardinals or anybody else would have to offer would you mind recapping that for the folks? Yeah, tonight? so Nick Underhill and, and his uh, co-hosts were doing their podcast, and I believe it was released today. You can find it on his uh, his Twitter account, and you can kind of uh, watch that. But I can just kind of summarize for you. Nick was asked his, his co-host, you know, what do you think the floor is for compensation that New Orleans uh, should, at the bare minimum, uh, break away with for Sean Payton's services since he's under contract through 2024. And he blew me away with what he thought the floor was because Nick Underhill has been dialed into this Saints franchise uh, since we, we've really been paying attention to it, especially when you, you know, you brought up Sean Payton at the beginning of November way back when. Um, and, you know, he, he had the insight that Dennis Allen wasn't going anywhere. He hasn't gone anywhere. It doesn't look like he's going anywhere. And Underhill said that the floor, that the Saints should, you know, be willing to only part with or, or receive is if the card if it's the Cardinals, they're not going to take their third overall pick. But he would ask for their second round pick, which is what thirty fifth, yep. and then a first next year and a second. That's his floor, which I think is a bit steep for a guy who retired and has no intentions of coming back. You know, Nick, why don't you take my social security card, my pension, <laughs> my 401k, go empty my savings account too. What else can I give for you? Um, that's ridiculous. No one's paying that. However, Benjamin Albright shed some light. So Benjamin Albright is predicting that the Cardinals either end up with Peyton or Vance Joseph. Those are two very different things, obviously. But the Cardinals, and we all believe, no way they give up number three in any scenario Benjamin feels the same. This was on Twitter tonight. Somebody asking him, would AZ be dumb enough to give the Saints the third pick this year for Peyton? And Benjamin says, think they'd give a future one, meaning 2024, uh, to which Bo texted me back the 25th overall pick. And I said, I love the sound of that because <laughs> you're back in the playoffs, baby. Um, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. But then, it, yeah, I, I mean, if you're giving up a first next year, what are you giving up this year? Are you giving up 35 or, or are you just waiting and just saying, no, what if, what if it's just, year? yeah. Yeah. What if it's just a future first? Yeah. I mean, I, the, the saints better be careful because if they get too bullish, as far as what compensation they want for Sean Payton, he, he, like, like what we see with 91 clay home Coleman and, and what Albright's reporting is like, there is a good chance he could just sit out another year and, and just be an analyst for Fox. Yeah. And it seemed like he really enjoyed it. I'm sure he wants mm-hmm. to get He's back good to at coaching. It. Right. But if he's going to be held hostage, by a team that he helped turn around and take to you know levels that they've never been to before, heights that they've never been to before in 16 seasons, uh, you know, with a Super Bowl title where he hoisted the Lombardi Trophy for him. If they're going to hold him hostage because they want to get the best and strike his 
while it's hot to, to get the best compensation possible and hold him hostage, that that's ridiculous. So uh, I'm, you know, I hope that he doesn't let them play that game. And I hope that they understand that, yeah, they have an asset that they can get something for, but to, to kind of hold out or hold him hostage would be absolutely ridiculous. You were the Ains. You wore bags yeah. to games. Hurricane Katrina happened. He and Drew Brees and everybody on that team unified the city and helped rehab the economy there, and among other people, politicians and everything else. But they played a part in that and carried the torch for that franchise and made you relevant for the first time in your franchise's history. And with all due respect to Dennis Allen, you're back to a losing team now that Sean Payton is gone. So if you want to sit and bitch and moan that he's not your head coach, then you should just fire Dennis Allen. And just say, Sean, come back here. Right. But I think it's I think it's obvious Sean does not want to coach the Saints anymore. He wants to have a second chapter like Bruce mm-hmm. Arians got, and, and that he should be allowed to do so. And they're going to get compensated, right? And they're going to probably play this better than the Cardinals did with Bruce Arians. However, to your point, if Sean says, I had a really good conversation with Michael Bidwell, I think I'm going to pass on the Broncos. I think I'm going to pass on Houston. You know, if we can get a deal done with the Cardinals, I'll, I'll, I'm going to go and, and coach the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And they talked to Michael Bidwell, and Michael's like, I'm going to give you a two this year, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And the Saints are like, no, it's got to be a one and a future one or a one and a two, blah, blah, blah. And they go back to Sean. He's just like, hey, guys, like, we're not, I'm not here to fuck around. I'm just going right. to go back. You can have no picks this year for a team that doesn't have a quarterback that's rebuilding that's seven and ten, right? How about no picks? Because you're not going to do this – cliche bidding war that doesn't exist it'll get out to the media sean's preference is x team so mm-hmm. be happy with the compensation that you do get especially if it's a premium pick like a first round pick i'm with you like I, from the start i thought day two picks seemed appropriate you're probably more on the side of a third i always said maybe a second a first round pick is is rich yeah. especially for the cardinals who are very good right now. Even if what they have Sean Payton, they could be a non-playoff team next year. That pick could be top 20. So right. I, I, for me, I, I would do it. Of course you would. It's Sean Payton. But New Orleans, I just, this is, this is very ballsy of them. And they could easily walk away with, with nothing. I think they're trying to hedge their bet that more coaches are going to get fired. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, we, if, if we'll see what happens with LA and it's pretty absurd what's going on with McVay and, and kind of the the Mickey Mouse crap that's going on with him and how he's yeah. got his coaching staff allowed to go search for jobs, but he's going to hold his team hostage. Sean, we go through five win seasons every year. We're fine. We're not quitting. <laughs> right. right. Uh, I just, yeah, it's the, the report was they're going to ask for a first. So I, I, I don't know if there's any truth to it. I, I, it might just be straight up speculation and, and, and just poor uh, anticipation of, of what they're going to ask for. Who knows? I mean, it sounds like, the Broncos and and the Saints, they'd already started discussing framework after they'd asked for permission. They were just trying to start that conversation, not anticipating Sean to immediately like, oh, we got the interview, we got permission. He's just gonna come to Denver. I don't think that was no. the move at all. They they were just starting to kind of get a head start on it. This process um, is just starting. because I'm sure they didn't want to have the conversation and waste anybody's time if the Saints were gonna be ridiculous with their with their asking for. And so far, there hasn't been any reports of that. So uh, you know, I think as far as what's going on, Nick dialed in, but uh, you know, look, a, a future first, a second this year, and then a future second. That is too rich. My friend, Does Sean want to go to a team that's not no longer have has picks like that. And then also right. like 
You know who doesn't have picks? The LA Rams. They sold off the farm for right. one um, Matthew Stafford. You know who else doesn't have a, a bunch of picks? The Denver Broncos. Now I know they have a first for Bradley Chubb, but I mean you're you'd be going to two situations where the where the draft capital has already been gutted. But I want to pivot quickly here because um, there's a lot of speculation, and I, I would call it worry from the fan base with regard to Vance Joseph potentially being the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Both he. And Sean Payton of even odds, plus 300 over at our friends at DraftKings right now. And, I mean, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Be sure to like this video, subscribe. These are two hosts that you're going to find here that firmly believe that, that Vance Joseph is not going to be the head coach of yeah. this team. We could be proven wrong, Bo, but I, I just feel like after everything we've seen from Michael Bidwell, all of this Vance Joseph propping up and leaking to the media, he's a great guy. He's a candidate. Mm-hmm. It feels very telega- telegraphed. It feels very yeah. Cardinals. It feels like, uh, you know, there's a show that documented and showed how well-respected Vance Joseph is, you know, like Hard Knocks. Yeah, uh, that just I'm wrapped. familiar. <laughs> yeah, there was that. And then also, you know, the reports coming out, as it always does when there's a firing, there's always somebody left in that building that, still commands and, and gets the respect from players and, and, and scouts and front offices. And that's fine. And, and that's very public knowledge. And I think that's part of this, the, you know, it being a bet and, and, you know, the betting sites, you know, trying to drive dollars uh, that they could take in and not have to ever relinquish, you know, I think that that's where Vance Joseph plays a role at being a favorite and, you know, are you going to get anything for, for Vance Joseph, you know, maybe down the, the line if his odds drop? Probably, but I, I just think that you'd be burning money at this point. I, I just, just hearing Michael Bidwell's comments and, and how they want to cast that net and how they want to find the best coach, I, I just don't know if the criteria, you know, matches up with, with Vance Joseph. I'm going to do a mock interview real quick. It's going to be Michael sure. Bidwell and Vance Joseph. <laughs> All right. And Michael's got some statistics in front of him, and he's going, to, uh-huh. he's going to ask these questions of everybody that comes in. So, you know, Vance, we have been in the bottom tier of run defense for the last four years. What are you going to do to change that? And he's going to be like, oh, oh, you were responsible for that? Well, wait a minute. How are you going to improve upon that with basically the same players? Oh, you didn't sure. play Isaiah Simmons and Byron Murphy <laughs> early on. What's going to change when we ja- draft Jalen Carter and Will Anderson? Right. Like, let, come on. We're, we're all sitting at the big boy table. Fans mm-hmm. are, are not here for I, I, this kind of thing. These are not, this is not the 1980s where you could float that kind of thing and somebody can in, get an interview and, and not blow up on the Twitter streets and online and Reddit, the message boards like that. That is not something that you could sell to your fan base. And I don't think he's going to, again, I think the first shoe to fall Ian Cunningham's coming in for an interview tomorrow. If he's announced as the next GM or whomever externally, Vance Joseph for sure is not getting this job. And external is not coming in and rehiring your defensive coordinator that gave up the second most points in the NFL. However, this stays alive, even though we don't believe it will happen, if yeah. Adrian Wilson or Quentin Harris gets the job. It, it, it You think it stays alive like that that nightmare, that worst of all realities? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah where, I mean, where I, it would you, be. Can't, you yeah. can't eliminate it until well, we have a new person that is Michael's Michael's a smart guy. He he knows that he would would lose, he would lose the fan base. No doubt about it. And all the goodwill that you and I, I highly encourage people to check out our interview with Kyle Oderhard because he he outlines it uh, pretty well as far as, you know, the goodwill that Michael Bidwell is created for himself. Um, 
over the last couple of days. So for him to kind of just completely torpedo that, that would be, man, that would, that would be crazy. That would suck. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I I agree with Edwin as far as, you know, VJ and and if it it would be very reminiscent of what just happened in Houston with Lovey Smith, you you just get the sense that, but you also got the kind of the sense with Cliff, like, is is this something that's sustainable? And, and I don't, I think your answer is uh, honestly, no. And, even if he were to have a quick turnaround, is it something that he could sustain? And it's, I don't think VJ has the ability to hide behind a head coach, you know, being kind of this guy ruling with an iron fist because we know that wasn't Cliff, right? The defense belonged to Vance Joseph. You know, their, their first-round picks, uh, the, the last ones that they've made were on his side of the football and you can't say that they've been an overwhelming success. They've just been players. So been that falls on with yeah. draft resources. I mean, yep. we're the pro bowlers. And that's Steve Kime problem too. But, I mean, Vance. They you got just, Buda Baker. You got Jalen Thompson who signed a second deal. I think probably Jalen Thompson he can he can put on his resume. Buda was already a guy in the works um, before VJ got here. And then, you know, Byron Murphy was, was good. He's been decent, um, but outside of that, there's not much with it who, who weren't kind of already proven guys that, that were from different coaches. Jackson F., how did Vance almost get the Miami job last year? I think we know now he wasn't close to getting that job, and he was – I think you could could have gotten him uh, on DraftKings. You couldn't even get even money on that at one point. It was like minus 200 for him to become the next head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Then he even he didn't even get a second interview, and then it was Mike McDaniel all the way. And Dolphin fans were reacting very similar to how Cardinal fans are with regard to Vance Joseph. And that was coming off a, a pretty good year defensively. I mean, there, yeah. there was the second-worst defense in points allowed this year, and he's going to be considered the lead candidate? Come on now. I, it's just something that you have to say. I think, it's, I think it's a media creation. I think Michael Bidwell is using the media like he should to his advantage – get some good pull out there, get some good plug, a guy that they courted to come be Cliff's DC. He had no ties with the franchise. And I love Vance Joseph. Good on you. Get your money. Go be a DC elsewhere. And if you coordinate a DC or coordinate a defense that's that's worth a shit and they're top five, then go get a head coaching job. Yeah. You shouldn't get rewarded for a head coaching job when your defense was this bad. I don't care what the offense looked like. Yeah. It gets me excited too. Like it's get lost. It's lost as far as the uh, Sean Payton stuff because we we talk about Payton, right? And then we barely. I don't think we've even discussed. You know the reports when they came out. We talked about it, but the Vic Fangio part of that, like him yeah. back as a. I can't even. I can't even touch that. It's just. It's like I was texting you during hard knocks. So I'm like, is this gonna? Is this really gonna happen? Yeah. I can't Imagine even get though, excited about it. I when you think about the too high look that's been so popular and, and, and kind of overtook NFL defenses this year and kept offenses down, that was Vic Fangio. Yeah. And and that's hey. the type of defensive mind that could guys you just not you feel like I'm jinxing if I talk about no. that part of it. <laughs> many car, we're 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 in a weird place right now where we are allowed to be excited. Of course, we should want good things. We deserve good things, as Bo always said. Put that on a shirt at the PHNX Merchandise Locker. You deserve good things with a Cardinal logo, because you really do. But this franchise, Peyton Manning, et cetera, has been disappointed with pursuits like this. It is strange, though, Bo, that we have been infatuated, this show. Some may even say we brought it up first. Who knows? Maybe. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say that, but I might that Sean Payton's an option for the Cardinals. Right. And then we're, we're, of course, talking about Vance because it's still lingering. It won't go away. But we haven't even really discussed who, whom else they, they could even interview because they've yeah. got to get these GM jobs locked in. 
interviews done, and then you can start connecting dots. Whereas like the Broncos are interviewing everybody under the sun. Mm-hmm. I saw that they interviewed David Shaw. They interviewed Jim Caldwell. I mean, are the Cardinals going to go through that rigor? And I saw your guy, Jody Ayer, say something that I'm just going to have to disagree with, where he said the Cardinals needed to fire Cliff sooner to be proactive, to get into yeah. the market. These jobs that are going to get filled, I don't think that – I could be wrong. I don't think there are many competitors for the Cardinals opening that they could lose to an Indy or yeah. Carolina. Or I agree with that. Josh yeah, McCown's not, not coming to the Cardinals. Not again. No, no, no thank God. Uh, no, I, I, I completely disagree with that. I think that there was no reason to, I mean, to, to get a head start because you're seeing that there's, there's, you know, just rules in place as far as when you can talk to people. I mean, right. you were going to set up an interview earlier than somebody else. Like it, you, I think he got started on the GM interviews before that we knew, like he right. had a head start on that and that's sure. what matters. Yeah, that's fine. And, and yeah, exactly. So I, I don't, I have no problem with them letting cliff you know make the final calls in the final yeah. game of the season and then firing on black monday they're not they are not behind the eight ball on this they're not far behind i think they're neck and neck they're right where they should be as yeah. far as getting in on the best candidates and like you mentioned earlier today there's right, right now there's five openings like the competition is is not it's not tight you don't have nine teams right now and you know a couple of them you know could be landing spots for, for like the cardinals there's three guys that you and I like we, we've said over and over that we really like. I think that the Cardinals, it's realistic to think that they could come away with one of them. D'Amico Ryan's Jim Harbaugh, Sean Payton. Again, anybody who Houston interviews, I, I just, I, I don't think that's why I don't get worried about Houston. And like, I saw this from Nick Underhill saying, you know, he doesn't think that they would take Houston's second overall pick, but they might be in play for the 12th overall pick. And it's like, it doesn't matter. Houston should be look, in the conversation. You're just looking at their draft picks and connecting right. dots where you want. Like, yeah, I, geez. Yeah, but I'm it's, saying like Houston, like is Sean Payton going to want to go to Houston? Where no. It's just like they fired two coaches or what, three coaches in three years, right? Isn't that right? I mean, they fired yeah. Bill O'Brien. They had you don't have interim. a quarterback. You play right. in the AFC. The AFC. Nobody talks <laughs> about that at all. You don't have Burrow or Herbert or Allen or Lawrence Wright or Lamar Jackson. You don't have any of those quarterbacks. You're behind the eight ball. Look what these teams it, it are. Isn't Houston like- just like New Orleans? I mean, isn't it similar, like climate wise, geographically wise? It's it's pretty close, right? As far as does he want to go? He wants to be closer to LA. He wants to be I think closer he wants to the West to stay Coast. In the NFC too. I, I no. don't think these. Everybody, it's trendy. Everybody in the chat knows this to hate on the Cardinals. They hate on the mm-hmm. Cardinals. People, somebody in the chat put it beautifully earlier. It's like everybody ripped Cliff, and then the Cardinals fired him, and then all those same people said, "Well, he didn't get a fair shot, shake." Cardinals, that's a bad look. You don't fire Cliff Kingsbury after his extension. Don't. No, no, no. We're not going to live with a four and thirteen. You don't get to keep your job. After you fired Steve Wilkes after three and thirteen, I mean, the end of last year counts too. I mean, yes. he was what, five and seventeen over the last like twenty two games. Can't win at home. We've seen right. one home win in fifteen months. People yeah. are saying, you know what? Just be patient. No, you don't root for this team. You don't have to watch them every weekend. Fuck if we are. We're gonna wait for this. Gonna go get somebody else. Gonna go get the guy. If you want to learn more about what we do here, go to gophnx.com. Be kind of become a diehard. Get 20% off all future events, including this one on Friday, Dobson Ranch. Dobson Ranch, right? <laughs> That's right. 
Dobson Ranch. It's We've only been talking about it for a month and a half. Yeah. I've done seven shows this week. <laughs> uh, PHNX Cardinals, PHNX Merchandise Locker. Pick up a free T-shirt. Pick up a free hat. <laughs> get in the Discord and yell at us. It's time to yell. It's time to yeah. get excited. It's time to be upset when things don't go our way. But so far, Bo, I mean, have, have we checked every box in three days? I think so. Right? He's got a checklist on his phone. He's checking it right now. Well, What's no, next I was on the checklist. Well, I'm just checking to see. Like we talk about excitement. Our Instagram post over here had over 1,200 people that like it. Right? I mean, bless you all. People are excited about it. People are excited, and you know, hopefully, it's, we're not getting to the point where people are going to just be horribly depressed if it doesn't happen for a couple months. Because I think there's a couple decent options outside of Sean Payton, but as of right now, as, as our guy Kyle Odegaard said today, as of right now, they're the favorite to land Sean Payton. It's like if, if you would have been told a week ago right now that Kyle would be gone and Cliff would be gone and Michael is doing a full-blown search and Sean Payton's got an interview with the Cardinals, everybody in this chat, 122 people, would have signed up for that. Like this video we are back manana in studio 4 p.m. Hopefully with our guy Frank Sanders. We have a fun little exercise. We're going to put together some trade packages for DeAndre Hopkins. We're going to look at six teams in particular that have premium mwah, choice picks <laughs> that we're going to scour across the web, the interweb, to see if it's a match with old D-Hop or should he just stay as an Arizona Cardinal. For Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. Thank you so much for taking this hard knocks journey with us. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star. We're back tomorrow. Good night, everybody.